0: Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Champolle, News Director for APPA. Our guest in this episode is Joel Ledbetter, the new general manager for South Carolina's Piedmont Municipal Power Agency, a joint action agency. Joel, thanks for joining us. You're
1: welcome. Pleasure to be here.
0: Great. So, Joel, um, I'm sure a fair amount of our listeners are familiar with PMPA, but for those who are not, could you provide an overview of Piedmont Municipal Power Agency? Sure.
1: PNPA um, is a joint action agency located in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, It was formed by 10 municipalities that were formerly wholesale uh, electric customers of Duke Power. It was created by the Act of the South Carolina General Assembly in 1978, uh, PNPA incorporated in 1979. And it was created to purchase an interest in the Catawba Nuclear Power Station, which Duke was constructing at the time um, during the 70s and early 80s. The reason it was created because, is because of a real concern in the seventies about the ability to receive power and energy, uh, from wholesale power, uh, power providers at the time. And that was not only in this part of the country, but, but, but across the, across the U S, there were wholesale rates, uh, being increased. They were being what was called pancaking. They would present a rate to these municipals. And before that one got approved, uh, they would implement another one. It was pancaked rates. And so not only were we concerned or the the municipalities were concerned about the ability to receive the necessary uh, power and energy that it needed, but it was also concerned about the skyrocketing cost. And this was a time in the 70s that uh, the ability to con- construct new generation units was was in question. Um, double-digit inflation at the time, um, a lot of oil fire generation was there, the Arab oil embargo. Um, at that time, there was a pro- prohibition electric generation by natural gas. Um, that was in the Fuel Use Act of 78. I think that got repealed maybe a decade later. But there was a real concern that there was not going to be adequate power and energy for these cities in the upstate. So they formed together, got together, and formed PNPA, uh, and they signed two contracts in 1980, uh, the Catawba Project Power Sales Agreement and the uh, Supplemental Power Sales Agreement. And uh, Catawba Project Power Sales Agreement allowed them to to procure a 25% interest in the Catawba Nuclear Station Unit 2, and that represents 277 megawatts. And uh, PNPA began began providing all requirements service uh, to all its team members in June of
0: 1985. So, um, Joel, one of the things that struck me in terms of preparing for this interview is, is your your extremely deep roots in terms of the uh, um, the state's public power community. You know, specifically, you serve as general manager for Easily Combined Utilities. Um, for the past 24 years, and you've also been a member of the PMPA Board of Directors since 1991. So, wanted to to get your thoughts in terms of how how your experience with PMPA and easily helped to prepare you for your new role.
1: Yeah, I started my career uh, right out of college in the public power world. I spent my first five years in the transmission area of uh, Santee Cooper before I got into the local uh, municipal world. But yes, uh, I, I joined. Uh, the board of PMPAs as a an employee of the city of Newberry 1991. And I've served for the most part unbroken since 1991. I did have a, a stand in there when I went in the private sector and got out of, of the board of PMPA. But the having the experience of seeing PMPA at the board level and the strategic level and also operating a municipal utility it allowed me to see the, uh, gave me a new, unique perspective. On how the wholesale world and the decisions made in the wholesale electric world affects the end-use customer uh, down on the street. I've seen changes uh, in the wholesale uh, industry in, in my my time since '91 through 2000s. You had the um, deregulation craze in the 2000s. There was tax law changes that benefited IOUs uh, that w- made them more competitive. Uh, and it did not benefit public power utilities, as I mentioned. Deregulation in 2000, the the thought that we were going to have to open up our retail end-use customers to let them choose any generation supplier they wanted to, really caused uh, brought up questions about stranded cost and are we cross subsidizing and how are we going to handle this and how is this going to affect our customer on the street? That was a real big issue. And then the the, the ever changing customer expectations at the retail level. Uh, When I got into this business in 91, in the municipal side of the business, folks would tolerate an outage, um, whether it be from uh, the distribution level or or something else. But with the ever-increasing electronics and and, uh, connected society that we're in, that expectation has changed, and and so on that side of the uh, of the of the ledger, you had to provide at the local level, and on the wholesale side, changes there affect that. Uh, so I think the service on both sides, on the board and also at uh, everyday man on the street level, gives me a unique perspective to my new role as general manager here.
0: So, as you know, PMPA's members are actively involved in terms of uh, economic development activities. wanted to know if you could uh, share with our listeners how PMPA helps its members in terms of supporting these efforts.
1: Sure. Uh, first and foremost, you have to provide a reliable and competitively priced source of electricity. And PMPA does that, but we also have one extra attribute. Ours is is 100% green, carbon-free, and clean. And that is certainly a benefit uh, in in the economic development world of today. In addition, PMPA's All Requirements Wholesale Rate, it's structured in a manner that any participant that adds load, whether it be large or small, they can create a retail rate at the uh, retail level that is more cost competitive than any other competitive supplier in this area in regional supplier. So our just inherently in our AR rate, new load is, is served at a very, very competitive price. Another way we assist in economic development is is South Carolina, uh, through their Department of Commerce, they have an industrial site certification program called uh, Palmetto Sites. That is quite an expensive undertaking, but any one of our communities that is interested in getting a site uh, designated a Palmetto site, PMPA will support them financially. It's a program that's been in place since 2010. We've recently had uh, folks use it. And on, on top of that, PMPA is a member in a regional economic uh, development alliance that covers eight of our 10 members. And we also provide direct monetary contributions on an annual basis to each member. And they can suspend it and support of the, their local economic development efforts or just in their city for community development uh,
0: efforts. So with respect to my next question, I kind of wanted to to widen the lens a little bit and get your perspective in terms of what do you see as the bigger challenges facing PMPA members and just tying back to PMPA itself. What are you guys doing in terms of helping members meet those challenges?
1: Well, PMPA, as I said, has 10 members and and our members range from 1,500 customers to uh, uh, approximately 40,000. So, three or four of our members have the ability in-house to do a lot of the the professional and technical things, mm-hmm. but several of our members, uh, they need help with that. And I would like PMPA to be viewed as uh, our staff members to be viewed as the extension of a member staff. Some of the other challenges that our members are going to face uh, in the short term is, I mentioned that, um, there's two contracts between PMPA and their participants. The supplemental power sales agreement uh, had the ability to terminate with a with a 10 year's notice. And three of our members submitted that termination in 2018, the remainder in 2019. So in 2028 and 2029, right now our members do not have supplemental power supply secured. So one of PMPA's roles and my roles is to help them secure supplemental power supply because in the world of power supply planning as you as you know uh, five years in six years is not a long time so we're working on that with them right now um, another issue that we have to address with them and we're going to try to help their staff uh, understand um, the, the ramifications and the impacts of this is the Catawba project power sales agreement that i mentioned earlier expires in 2035. It expires because that was state law. Our enabling legislation did not allow us to sign a contract or allow municipalities to sign a contract longer than 50 years. So 2035 is it. So the original license of Catawba, which is what we purchased, it expired um, in 2025. The NRC license of Catawba expired in 2025. Well, 10 years ago, that license was extended to 2043 and there's discussions and talk now, not only at the um, areas Duke Energy-operated uh, plants, but uh, plants, nuclear plants all over the country, of extending that license again, a subsequent license renewal. Um, so the plant that PNPA owns is going to operate in 2043, but our contracts expire in 2035. So, we have to deal with that. We have to execute an extended agreement or a new agreement. So, that is work that is uh, ongoing and beginning right now. Uh, That's a challenge that our members face and PMPA is uniquely situated. Um, to help them um, solve that problem or at least extend the contract and and, and enjoy the benefits of of the ownership. And and also another challenge that we need to help the members face is is that I don't think it's unique to joint action agencies across the country. There's there's been a dispute uh, among the members about the allocation of fixed costs. Uh, It's been going on for four years now. A solution to that must be found. And once we solve that problem and get over that hurdle, uh, yeah, we, PMPA is going to be in providing the uh, all the services the joint action agency should be to its members.
0: So you mentioned nuclear power and and kind of the what we've seen as a, a burgeoning trend in terms of uh, taking a second look at nuclear power. Against uh, you know headwinds uh, such as meeting you know environmental requirements, what what just given your your background in in the the power sector, I mean, do do you have any sense in terms of what's gonna what's gonna happen with that? Do you feel like that there's been kind of a sea change recently related to nuclear power getting a second look?
1: Without a doubt, not only existing plants that were built in the 70s and 80s, and as I mentioned, the subsequent license renewal, Uh, I think at one time there was 104 operating and three or four or five have closed down. But there's a a renewed push. It's a renaissance, really, in the Mm -hmm. nuclear power generation field. That is the solution. Uh, one of the major solutions to the to the push w- with with greenhouse gas emissions. I mean, what is your other alternative for a reliable baseload power? If you've got a nuclear plant, keep it running. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, PMPA's uh, original debt is going to be paid off in 2034, so we are basically have paid for the house, and we get to enjoy it through 43 and hopefully through 63 through subsequent license renewal. I attended the APPA annual conference uh, a few weeks ago. They had a uh, a class seminar on um Municipals and uh, nuclear power, and it was standing room only. in the 50 minute class, I think, like an hour and a half. So yes, there is a huge interest in it. Of course, most of the uh, the new technology, or the, the interest is in small modular reactors. The Vogel three and four is getting close to going commercial. I think three may have already been, and four is in the works. And I know some of our uh, member uh, public power utilities are a part of that. Uh, I'm not sure we'll see another one of those, but I do think small modular reactors, absolutely. Um, they just need to become commercial and, and have some certainty about the cost. But I think that's going to be a big part of the answer with respect to the climate change and the concerns about greenhouse gas emissions.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like the, the low-hanging fruit in the, in terms of nuclear power is extension of the licenses of the existing plants, right?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, The operator of our plant is Deep Energy. They own several. Um, They have a couple of their plants that are that are actually single unit, and those are. are, At one time, there there was questions of Are you going? Is is it worth extending the license of single unit plants? I think that question has been answered in every one of the plants are looking to be extended at some point. Uh, and I think every other utility is looking at the same thing. We're very, very fortunate in the Southeast. We do not have a organized or regional transmission market. And, and so we can, we can recover our cost. I know some yeah. folks that operate nuclear plants and organized markets are or having issue with that. And I think Congress, uh, has passed a law that helps some of these folks out. But yeah, I think nuclear is the answer and low hanging fruit. It's extending. I mean, if you look at the nickel plant, uh, as long as the concrete and rebar hold out, I mean, the plant really has got every, every major piece of equipment, for the most part, changed out or it can't be changed out. And it, it's a continuous process. So we're not starting with the plant that was built in '85, and everything's you know, mm-hmm. a continuous update. So it's a matter of just, just keeping that going. And I think everybody is, uh, is behind that. Uh, certainly, PMPA, is a advocate.
0: So Joel, for my last question, um, and I do this frequently with with um, people I interview who have have just taken the reins of a particular um, public power utility or in your case, joint action agency. I wanted to give you the opportunity to to tell our listeners about your your long term goals for PMPA.
1: Yeah, well, when I was looking at that, my notation was C above. It's <laughs> the right. challenge. So, right, right, I mean, right. of course, BMPA has, has been, uh, been a great addition to the wholesale power market for the past, you know, four, uh, for approaching four years. One of the things that we have suffered from, uh, I think, is, is loss of institutional knowledge. I mean, the folks that put this together mm. and saw what happened in the 70s and 80s. Those folks have retired and moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I was fortunate enough to come in on the tail end of that and I can appreciate what happened. But, uh, one of the things I've got to do is, is help everybody that's on the board now and the new staff uh, appreciate joint action, appreciate what they've got in the nuclear, uh, in the nuclear plant. Um, we've got to get over the, the dispute that I, that I spoke about, we always got to start working um, in harmony together for the future of the MPA and, and, and um, clean power in the upstate. You know, the dispute is a short term thing. It will be over. There's no doubt about that. Um, but we're in for it for the long haul. And we've got a valuable, valuable resource. And and it's, it's demonstrated it's valuable because people are interested in nuclear now. People that ran from it 20 years ago will look at us and say, man, y'all are in a great position. And I just need to get our members to realize that.
0: Now, you mentioned the loss of institutional knowledge, and that's certainly not unique to the public power community. You know, in terms of PMPA, or for that matter, your your member utilities, what, uh, anything that, how how are you guys addressing that?
1: Well, when I was on the board, uh, I, I tried to talk to my fellow board members my first well, this is my second week on the job and mm-hmm. unfortunately i'm going i'm going on vacation next week but when right. i get back i am making a road show to, to talk to every single one of my members all 10 and i'm going to ask them their goals and ask them what kind of information they have uh information they need and what kind of questions they have for us and are, are, are you interested I'm, I'm trying to get their gut level feeling about where they are at their utility and where they are about PMPA and try to uh, relay if they are interested some of, some of my experiences at PMPA. Not my immediate predecessor, but one of the previous general managers actually created a DVD. Uh, he was fortunate enough to be around when this thing was formed and he has a, uh, a, a probably 30 or 40 minute DVD explaining the world at the time why we did what we did, and it was not to save money and to have a cheaper source of power. Although that was part of it, it was marginally going to be cheaper. Our concern was, are we are we going to have power? And that's why the ten members got into it back in seventy nine eighty. It wasn't to save a lot of money, but that that gets lost and people forget where they came or where their utilities came. And it's not their fault. They just, new folks get hired in. Uh-huh. And uh, just trying to help them understand that, you know, we've got this great thing in 80. We had some very, very challenging times in the 2000s, no doubt about it. But right now there's nothing but, um, the light we're seeing at the end of the tunnel in in, in, uh, in the 2000s looked like a train, but right now it's sunshine, uh-huh. so.
0: All right. OK, well, Joel, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with us, um, given that you're, you know, you, you literally just, as you mentioned, took over a couple of weeks ago. We'd love to have a chance to maybe revisit some of these or other topics, perhaps, uh, you know, in the next year or so and kind of see where things are at with you and, and PMPA. I'd be glad to do it. Terrific. All right. Well, thanks again, Joel. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Ciampoli, and we'll be back next week with more from the world of public power.